Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg, did you have a more exciting uh, second week of college football, first weekend of the NFL? It was great. I had a great uh, second week. Way better matchups. Uh, got some really, really good games in there, both in the Big 12 and around the country. And yeah, the NFL is back as well. Picked up, uh, picked up my first fantasy dub. Gosh, um, get out of here. I'm sorry about that, Tanner. Yeah, I had... Oh, gosh. It was a bad week. J.K. Dobbins goes down with a torn Achilles. Uh, I had an, I had a wide receiver go down, too. So I I, ha- I got like half of the points out of two guys. And I mean, granted, you probably would have won even if they had played the whole game. But it would have been significantly closer than it was. I will say my team underperformed. But the defense I picked up on the waiver wires, putting a little research in, I, don't even, I think it was the Jags defense gave me like 30 points. Oh gosh! Also, so, yeah, our league is has way way too many points. Like Greg, oh, I think you scored yeah. like two hundred and twenty points or something ridiculous like that. Well, and I was the only the fourth, like out of the so it's a ten team league, and out of the five winners, I was four out of five in terms of like points scored. Uh, like yeah, we had um, well the 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 leading score dropped three hundred. Which last year I believe that only happened twice. Or that's crazy. I think I did it once or twice, and then a couple other guys may have done it once. But anyway, enough fantasy talk, Tanner. Um, well, we just, b- before we, we before we get in? well, um, before we get into it, I just and we can start with this game. I just I just want to say I might have to eat my words. Um, I'm not apologizing quite yet. But uh, I've been really, really harping on Texas uh, throughout the summer and at the beginning of the season, and I really might have to eat my words. Uh, don't um, do it yet. You can't go back now. I'm not. I'm not. Now. I'm not going back now. But I'm highly, acutely aware of what Texas just did this weekend. Um, but I think I think we do need to mention that if Greg picks your team. <laughs> as being on upset alert you guys better watch out <laughs> that's all i'll say he is what you're what two for two so far um, it's, it's it's beginning to get a little scary i wish we would have done a week zero upset alert so i could yeah i, I could either be humbled or then be three and oh um but yeah it's i did not actually think that texas tech was going to lose to wyoming nor that and we'll get to this but houston was going to lose to rice I just I won't lie to you. I don't put a lot of thought into it other than like situational. I'm not looking at the X's and O's. I'm not looking at injuries yet. We haven't had a lot of injuries. We've had a few. Um, that'll that that'll happen more so later in the year, but I'm just looking at situation and thought that might be a a, a not good spot for Houston. It turns out it wasn't, but yep, you were right. And then let's see, locks of the week. I'm now one and two. And Probably the, let me just I'm gonna brag on your on your part because you've had some tough breaks. Not and and um you you were getting uh, uh, roasted a little bit by by some guys, uh, by some by some listeners. Uh your first two locks not only haven't hit, but they have been complete blowouts in the other direction. <laughs> and then your lock for this week, by all accounts, was not going to hit unless that Oregon defensive end went into the end zone on the pick six and instead of sliding like most people would have done and like he should have done. Um, and we'll, again, we'll get to this when we break down that, that game, but he took it in for a touchdown um, with, and they kicked the extra point to go up by eight points and you had them at uh, seven and a half. So you, you just got it. Um, so a sneaky backdoor cover um, to avoid being 0 and three. So big shout out to you for that one. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. But Greg, you're three and zero. You're doing very well on your locks. You are sitting over there, 
in the great football prediction mansion that you've built for yourself. Um, I hope I hope it continues. That'd be crazy if you went uh, twelve and 0, 13 and zero. I don't know. However we many were, games we are not going to speak. We are not going to speak that. I, I just we're, I'm not a big believer on on jinxing anything, but I just don't want to get too high. It's like I said last week. When you get too high in the in the sports betting world, you it, it, you'll, you'll get humbled really quickly. Um, that's that's this is this is fun for us so i'm I'm glad i can say you know that that i'm uh i've gotten a few right yeah that's when you get bit in the butt for sure um well greg let's just let's just go ahead and jump into it let's start well i guess we'll just go in the order that the games were played so friday night lights once again in the booth um kansas lays a really solid whooping on Illinois, 34-23. Uh, they packed it again, Greg. 97% full. I, I love just, it. I, I just looked at that. I had to because I figured you were going to bring that up. Yeah. I was, love it. It was packed, and, and they did a, a blackout with, with their all-black uniforms. Um, this was my lock last week, by the way. I, I was pretty confident. Also, I don't know if this is a trend that needs to be – that we need to start, like, picking as our locks – but my last two weeks, I've picked teams that have debuted alternate uniforms at home and have come out and played really well. So I think that's a sneaky trend that we have to start paying attention to. Well, Just teams that, that, that debut their, their new uniforms. But Kansas look good, Tanner. And I think this is something that um, – and, and we'll get to Iowa and Iowa State later. But this is something that's been talked about a lot is the weakness of the Big Ten West. The, the, the division that sends Iowa or Purdue or – I don't even know who – Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. To, or, okay, Wisconsin, I'll give them some credit. They're, they, they have their years. But, but, yeah, they sent Purdue last year to the Big Ten Championship and to, to play Michigan and obviously got ran off the field. So this is, this is not a good division, and um, Kansas exposed them. I mean – People were saying, oh, well, you know, Illinois, they're going to be able to run all over Kansas. You know, their offensive line, physically dominating. Um, Tanner, they scored 23 points. It's not very – doesn't really scream physically dominating. Um, and it was not as even as close as the score suggests. They were up – Kansas was up like, what, 34 to uh, – shoot, 15 at some point? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – it was – it was a very pretty game from Kansas is what I'll say there. Uh, Kansas had 539 total yards. That is just ridiculous. Jalen Daniels being back helps for sure. Um, he he looked good. Um, he got hit, you know, quite a bit. Tanner, I think you called that out as we were watching the game. He got hit a lot. So that's something that Kansas is going to want to shore up is just limiting the number of times that he one gets sacked and two, you just have to make sure he's sliding when he takes off to run because you can, you'd rather have a, a Jalen Daniels sliding and gaining three less yards than him laying his body on the line. And then ended up having to be out for five weeks in the middle of the season when you're in the, in the cream of, you know, the big 12 schedule. So that's the only thing, the only other thing I'll call out on that game, but overall great, a great win from Kansas. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, my, my, uh, schedule on ESPN is, is kind of all out of whack. Um, so I believe the next one of the, depending on where you're at the morning games, um, Greg, let's go ahead and cover Utah and Baylor. Uh, we, we kind of talked about it in covering my lock of the week. Um, it was really kind of a disgusting game. I'll be honest. Uh, nobody could get anything going. It kind of looked like it kind of looked like a Big Ten West matchup there, <laughs> where it was just running the ball. Uh, Utah once again without Cam Rising, so they they really didn't trust their their backup quarterback to throw it all. Um, also, Baylor with their backup quarterback, he really couldn't hit anybody. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, if I'm being honest. So it was just it was a it was a tough day for uh for those who like points being scored i'll just i'll just leave it at that yeah this one was um 
you know, an interesting matchup in terms of brand. This is a, another future Big 12 matchup. So this is what I think the second one we've gotten this year. Uh, week one was uh, TCU Colorado uh, and week two is Utah Baylor. So future Big 12 matchup. It was like 105 degrees in Waco on Saturday during game time. And that was like temperature. That's not even like what it, you know, that, that, that was not what it felt like on the field. I'm sure on the field, it was much hotter than that. So just a brutal game uh, to, to be at. And I think you kind of saw that reflected in the um, attendance. Baylor uh, did not have a great crowd. Um, kind of yep. disappointing considering, you know, you're welcoming a top 15 team, future conference foe. Um, but yeah, Baylor, uh, Tanner, they start, start 0-2. Um, obviously they lost um, – they lost Blake Shapin in week one, and Sawyer Robinson came in and really did not play well. He threw two picks. Um, completion percentage was less than 50%. Um, Baylor was able to run the ball pretty well, and their defense looked fantastic um, throughout basically the entire game. Uh, they were up 13-6 to six up until about five or so minutes left in the fourth quarter, um, give or take, and Utah was able to tie the game um, and then ended up getting the ball back and drove down the field and scored again. Um, so uh, Utah, good for them. They found a way to win. I can't hate it that much because they're going to be in the Big 12 next year, but you hate to see Baylor being 0 too. Yeah. Yeah. Baylor did, in a way, control a game for most of the game, just being up 13-6. Um, but the last five minutes of that game was kind of like if anybody watched – the Sunday or Monday night football game last night between the Bills and the Jets, uh, really just kind of like the craziest ending to a game. Um, kind of what happened with this uh, Utah Baylor ending. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm Utah's played uh, two Power Five schools their first two weeks of the season. Um, I'm excited to see what they do once they get to the Big Twelve. But that will have to wait almost a whole calendar year. Um, Greg, why don't we? Just quickly, very, very quickly cover Kansas State against Troy. Kansas State won uh, 42-13, so a 29-point win for them. They 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 look solid, as they should against Troy. Yeah, they, they look good. Um, the, only, the only thing I'll, I'll um, I guess, call out is they, so they, um, they took the lead early in this game, and then Troy did hang around for a little while. Um, made it, uh, you know, to, to where Kansas State did not have, like, the most comfortable halftime lead you would imagine having against an opponent like Troy. But uh, all the credit to Kansas State because they, they, they came back out and, and, and looked really good. And, I mean, their, their defense is possibly better than last year's. I, I know they haven't played any, anyone yet. We'll see how they look against Missouri this week. But their defense has been incredible. Yep, yep. They are looking solid. And then we will head out to the mountains in Utah. We got BYU against Southern Utah. Um, another four, not 40 point win, uh, 41 to 16. So another good solid win from a, uh, from a big 12 school that, that really you should, you should just expect at this point. Keaton Slovis did have, uh, I felt like he had a much better game this week than he did last week. Uh, I will I will have to say that. That'll be my only point on this one. Greg, what do you got? That was the only other thing I was going to say, too, is I, I mean, I didn't have a lot of takeaways from this game other than that, yeah, uh, Slavis looked a lot better, threw for four touchdowns and ran for another. So uh, they did what you want to do against an FCS opponent that, like I called out last week, only lost to Arizona State by three the week prior. Yep, yep. And then we got – a. Iowa, just the entire state of Iowa. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. That that was the most disgusting football I've ever watched in my life. And I was I was pulling for Iowa State so hard. Uh, but they couldn't pull it out against Iowa. Iowa ended up winning 20 to 13. Um, Iowa State tried in the last few minutes to come back. Um, but sure enough, they couldn't make it happen. Um yeah, it was, I'll be honest, it was disgusting. And that's all I'll say. It was an ugly game. Um, Iowa looked – I mean, they, I think an average Iowa State team wins this ball game. Um, their defense played well. Their offense just 
I think what really set the tone is Iowa State's first drive. They get the ball, start the game, drive down the field, drive stalls out on the 25-yard line, miss the field goal. So you go from should have been up seven because they had a they had almost not, not a clean look, but they had a look in, in the end zone and it was incomplete. And then you end up missing the field goal. So you could, could be up 7-0, could be up 3-0. Instead, you get no points. And that pretty much set the tone for the game. Iowa scored uh, 10 points fairly early, which, again, if you were watching this game or you know anything about Iowa and Iowa State, 10 points is like 30 to an average team. Like, you're not coming back from down 10. Um, it would be very difficult to do. Uh, and Iowa State nearly did it. Um, but I, I think the one wish you could have it back was in a game like this, and I don't know if I called this out last week or not, but you can't make mistakes. Like, you cannot turn the ball over. And Rocco, is it is it Beck? I don't, I don't know. You're the pronunciation. Yeah, Beck. Becked. So, yeah, so he threw a pick six in, I believe, the third quarter that, I mean, ultimately killed them. Because if he makes the right read or even throws the ball away, uh, I, I mean, their defensive back just jumped the route. Uh, and I don't mean to go on and on about this one play, but jumped the route, took it for a touchdown. If he ends up getting sacked and just throws the ball away, we are going into overtime at 13 apiece. Um, so tough loss for Iowa State. Um, because I feel like that's one they should have had. Yeah, and I, I do have to mention that. I, I said that this game was disgusting. That's from an offensive perspective. If you're talking about from a defense's perspective, this game was fantastic. If you oh, love you defense, know, this is you this know, is it. You know Kirk Ferentz, uh, the head coach at Iowa, absolutely loved this game. This is his oh, dream game. Yeah. A lot, lot of punting, a lot of defense. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's enough on – uh, the state of Iowa. I'm sorry, guys, but that was that was tough to watch. Okay, Greg, let's talk about OU against SMU. Um, definitely, <laughs> OU did not have the offensive uh, scoring output that did, that they did last week, uh, but they did manage to put up 28 to SMU's 11. I uh, missed this game, and I haven't been able to do a little bit of a a rewatch here. But Greg, do you have anything that you want to call out there? This was uh, this was a pretty decent game. It wasn't the most exciting game to watch when you think of SMU and even OU. You think of offense, and frankly, this game was not filled with a lot of offensive fireworks. Um, had SMU uh, again, it's kind of similar to what we said in the Iowa Iowa State game. SMU turned the ball over twice, and I believe both of those turnovers led to OU points. Um, I know for a fact the first one did because. Um, I don't even know if it was a turnover or if it was just a bad punt. I I can't recall. Um, but OU gets the ball on like their own 45-yard line and like two plays later scores. So um, nothing really stands out stat sheet-wise. I mean, Dylan Gabriel only throws for 176 yards, but he throws for four touchdowns. So it's like he, he wasn't slinging the ball all around the field, but they scored when they had opportunities to, uh, and, their, and their defense made plays. So honestly, again, like I said, only two weeks. But you want to talk about a dream start for OU, whose defense was just absolutely, like, toasted all of last year and, and got a lot of crap for it, um, giving up zero points to Arkansas State and then only 11 to SMU, which historically usually has a good offense, is a fantastic start. Think you're muted, Tanner. Oh, hello. Uh that's the first time that that's happened in this podcast history. Um, so basically what you're saying is that OU has taken advantage of their opportunities and executed. I think that that's, that's something that you can take away, especially uh, when we get into the, the big 12 slate, like the conference slate itself, that'll be good for teams to take advantage of what they're given. Um, if they're given poor, poor field position, uh, maybe OU can make something of that. Okay. Uh, this, this, Let's get to the drubbing of the week. We got West Virginia against Duquesne, uh, 56 to 17. It's a very, very good bounce back week for West Virginia after uh, losing to Penn State in week one. I didn't watch this game. This was not on the top of my radar, but I will say that that is a solid output from West Virginia. Greg, you got anything here? 
Uh, I mean, they, they, they scored a lot of points, and West Virginia just needed to win, frankly. So good for them, but I don't have much else to add. That's not something that you can draw a lot of conclusions from. Yep. This one, this one was a good game. Cincinnati against Pitt. Uh, Cincinnati pulls out the win, 27-21. They, Cincinnati's looking a lot better than, than I think I had predicted at the beginning of the season. I know it's still uh, non-conference slate, but Cincinnati beating Pitt is, is solid, especially um, playing at Pitt, which I know isn't the, the best atmosphere for a college football game, but still, that's, that's a solid win. They were pretty large underdogs in this game, too. I mean, nothing um, – yeah, not insane, but I think they were seven-point underdogs and they ended up winning by six. So, uh, pretty pretty big turnaround. And, and they were they were up by, you know, two, two-ish touchdowns for most they of were, the game. They were uh, – in the third quarter with nine minutes left, they were up 27 to seven. Yeah. So, yeah, more than two touchdowns then. So, they nearly let Pitt come – back in this game um and you know Pitt even had a chance I believe to win the game uh Emory Jones uh transfer from Florida I believe is he from Florida I'm pretty sure he is we can fact check me on that later um but he um he threw a pick on um one of uh Pitt's last drives or on one of Cincinnati's final drives when they were trying to run out the clock. And um, Pitt was not able to capitalize, but it was a good game. Um, again, a rivalry game. And uh, Cincinnati's uh, – or I'm sorry, they have another rivalry game this week, or am I thinking of West Virginia? I think you're thinking of West Virginia because West Virginia has yes. Pitt in the in the backyard brawl. Yes, um, that's what I'm – okay, thank you. Pitt just has a, another, another rivalry. Also, just a quick fact checker. Uh, last year, Emory Jones was at Arizona State, but before that, he was at Florida. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. I, so I knew I wasn't making that up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think that we're good there. Greg, I I think we really need to talk about uh, Texas, Alabama. I suppose we do. It was the biggest game of the week. Uh, did you see it drew over 10 million, 10 million viewers at its peak? Most I did. Uh, of a college football game in, I think, a couple of years. I did not, but I was one of them. I was one of those viewers. And Texas looks good. Their defense looks good. Their O-line looks good. Um, I think this could be another, uh, potentially another game of, like, in week one, CU was a little underrated. Uh, TCU was a little bit overrated. So in my in my estimation, I think that Alabama was slightly more over, slightly overrated. Um, not that Texas ne- was necessarily underrated, but I I think that Alabama this year is a little bit, or was a little bit more, overrated. I I'm mad that I did not pick Texas. Um, I will say that, but I think that having watched pretty much that entire game. Alabama, I agree with you. Alabama is not what they used to be. They are still a very good football team and winning in Tuscaloosa is no joke. Most teams can still not do it. So the fact that Texas did and did it fairly convincingly uh, by 10 points is, uh, I mean, it's what you call statement win. Um, So good for them. Um, However, I'm just full clarity. I picked Texas to win the big 12. I still think they're going to. However, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind because in typical Texas fashion, they normally play to their competition. Do they look this good doing it? No, they don't usually. However, Texas should have beaten Alabama last year when they had Bryce Young. Should have, if it wasn't for Bryce Young. And, a, you know, frankly, heroic last drive, they, they, they would have won that game. Uh, and then Texas ended up, what, going eight and four? Yep. So... Again, I'm not saying that that this doesn't this wasn't a good win by any means. I'm just saying if you're a Texas fan, just don't go don't go running around screaming Texas is back yet. I, I just you 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 gotta see an entire season of it because um, I would not be I would not put the cart in front of the horse. So absolutely okay, Greg. Let's uh, let's move on to Oregon at Texas Tech. Um, I did, I think, I think we both took 
Did you take Texas Tech in this one? I did. Yeah. Okay. And I was almost, man, I was almost, almost right. Almost, but you weren't. And I yeah. was finally something. Um, this game was, was pretty, pretty dang close. I do have to say um, I got, I was a little nervous. I thought that uh, tech played pretty well, uh, but in the end, the skill of Oregon, I think overcame um, anything that they, or any mishaps that they had through the first three quarters. Uh, they, they had a really, really solid fourth quarter. Tech is probably the best 0-2 team in the country. And I don't I, think I don't think that's even an argument. Uh, I would not disagree with you. To be made. Um, Tyler Shook, he looked really good and really bad on completely in this game. Like he had a couple of drives where it's like, oh man, like this dude, like he's for real. He's leading Texas Tech to an upset win. And then he had a couple of other drives where quite literally like lost the game for them. And I, and I don't want to put it on a single player, but that he threw three picks. Tanner, you can't, you can't throw three picks and expect to win against a top, a top 15 team in the country, especially one that, you know, a lot of people have as like a dark horse playoff candidate. So that's tough. Um, But I mean, tech, I think there's good notes to take out of this game. You know, if your goal going into the season as a tech fan was let's win the big 12, you still have every single opportunity to do so because conference play hasn't started. So no, at 0-2, you're not going to go 10-2, and 11-2, and then make the playoff. It's not going to happen. But you can still win the Big 12, and, and they look pretty good. So, uh, again, you hate, to, you hate to be happy about a loss, but um, there are positives to take away if you're a Tech fan. Yep, yep. I, I – completely agree with you that tech is the best and two team in the country, but I still don't think that the, that they're the darlings of the big 12. I think that they're still over, maybe not anymore, but I think that they were still overhyped at the beginning of the season. Okay, Greg, let's, we got three more games left. Uh, we got UCF at Boise state UCF pulling, pulling off. I don't know if you would consider it an upset. I kind of would. I don't think, I think UCF was favored. Um, but still, I believe going into going into Boise, uh, winning on a game-winning field goal, um, having your starter starting quarterback go down, he's going to miss a couple weeks. Um, I didn't catch this game, but watching the highlights, reading about it, this was this was a good game from UCF. Outside of losing their quarterback, yeah, no, I think losing their, I think yeah, losing. Uh, yeah, losing Plumley is going to be tough. Uh, they've got, you know, after uh, after I believe this week they've got the start of their Big Twelve play up, and it, it, it won't be easy for them. But again, they're two and zero. They escape Boise with a win, and sometimes that's really all you can ask for. That, that it's not an easy place to play, especially when Boise State wears their all blue uniforms on their blue turf. It's like a cheat code that, frankly, like I. I don't know if I'd make the argument that it shouldn't be allowed, but it's, I, I'd love to hear the player's perspective on it. I, I I don't know if I've heard a player talk about it, but from watching it on TV, it's tough <laughs> to, to, to see the players sometimes. Absolutely. And yeah, so like you were saying, Greg, UCF uh, in week four goes to Kansas state. Then in week five, they host Baylor. And then in week six, they go back to Kansas state to Lawrence to play Kansas. So that'll be depending on how long Plumlee is out. That'll be, could be a very, very tough stretch for them uh, as, as a unit, but and okay. I don't think they, I don't think they have a specific timetable on it either. I think they just said a couple of weeks. So that could be who knows. Yep. Yep. Depending and depending on how bad it is too, or how, how long it lingers or, or what the specific issue is. It could be, could be interesting. Okay. Uh, we have our upset. Rice beats Houston 43-41 in double overtime. So back-to-back weeks now, Greg, we've had double overtime losses by members of the Big 12. Um, do you want to start us off on what you thought of this game? Any any comments that you have? 
not a not a not a good look from Houston. Uh, but man, our old friend JT Daniels is came back, and I will say I was corrected um, on on Twitter by some folks, some Houston folks that I didn't know uh, existed. Uh, this this is a rivalry game, and so I, I put out just a little hey, you know, top top matchups in the Big 12 this week. And I think I put Houston and Rice down at like 11 or 12. So I'm just like, Houston should take care of business. Rice doesn't interest me. You know, that's obviously not what happened. But uh, I, I had a lot of Houston people reply and, and, and inform me that this was, in fact, a big game for them. So I stand corrected. And and, and Rice, I guess, proved them right. But JT Daniels uh, played a you know, really good game. He had really good numbers, at least, through for over 400 yards or pretty much exactly 400 yards, three touchdowns. And then Tanner, I did not realize that Luke McCaffrey transferred to Rice. Yep. Did not realize that. Yep. Um, I had the pleasure of playing against Dylan McCaffrey. So so the McCaffrey brothers, we all know Christian McCaffrey, if you're into football, uh, their father, Ed McCaffrey, played for the Broncos. So all the McCaffrey boys uh, grew up in Denver. And I had the pleasure of playing against the third of the four, Dylan, who went to Michigan to play quarterback. Um, but yeah, Luke went to Nebraska as a quarterback and then transferred to Rice and now plays wide receiver there. So that's uh that's in that's a fun fact, or not so fun fact, if you're from Colorado and played against any of the McCaffreys, because uh, as most people know, they are very good at what they do. Okay. Then, Greg, this another blowout. TCU beat up on Nickel State 41 to 6. A nice bounce back win for TCU after losing to CU in week one. This is what you like to see. Uh, honestly, very similar to this is giving me West Virginia vibes losing week one, uh, bounce back, getting a nice win in week two. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add. Um, <laughs> You, you you just want to go and take care of business and not let anything linger. And they, you know, they didn't let anything linger. So good win. Yep. Well, I think we're right around the 30 minute mark. So we are going to go ahead and cruise. We're going to go ahead and cruise through uh, the week three matchups that we have here. Um, Greg, actually, I'm going to start with an easy one. Let's go Long Island University at Baylor. This is going to be, 11 o'clock central, 10 o'clock mountain. I don't know. That's probably like 7 a.m. if you're on Hawaii. Um, so <laughs> who you got here, Greg? Uh, I have Baylor. Um, I'd say the more interesting thing is um, <laughs> over or under 50% capacity for McLean Stadium this weekend. <laughs> Hammer, lock, put all your money, Put take out a second mortgage on your house and put it on under because this is not – uh, going to be a well-attended game. First of all, it's Long Island. Yeah. Second of all, it's still going to be hot. It's Texas. Come on now. So are you take, um, sorry. So you're taking, you're riding with Long Island. I don't even know if their mascot, I was going to say their mascot. I don't even know what it is. I can't tell. Um, I'm going with Baylor, but I am going to take the under on the 50% stadium capacity. <laughs> <laughs> um, then let's see. Here's, let's, let's just cover this. The old Big 12 foe. Uh, Kansas State against Missouri. It's actually at Missouri. It's it'll be on the SEC network, so I probably won't be watching it just because I boycott the SEC. Just kidding. Um, hey, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> a true Big Twelve supporter. Um, but Kansas State is a five point favorite. Greg, who do you got here? This 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 could be a little dicey. It could get a little interesting. This is in a in a week that's filled with a lot of duds. This is one of our good matchups. We have an old Big Twelve rivalry, um, and it's funny. Missouri sold out of this game. It is their first home sellout in like four or five years. That's really sad. And part of me wonders how many of those tickets were bought by Kansas State fans. Mm, that's this a is great a great question. This is a this is a matchup that also happened last year in Manhattan and Kansas State beat the brakes off them. I mean, I don't remember the final score, but they won by 20 or 30. So I expect Kansas State to take care of business, but this will be one that I have my eyes on because they uh, this will be their first test of the season. They haven't played. Um, I, I, I mean, 
Troy is a respectable opponent, um, but they are not, you know, even though it's Missouri, it is still an SEC school. So um, I'll, I'll be looking forward uh, to, to this matchup and to see if Missouri can uh, keep it close. So you have Kansas State? Oh, yes, I do have Kansas State. <laughs> okay, I have Kansas State as well. All right, uh, let's move on to Iowa State at Ohio. Um, Ohio is one of the few teams to play in week zero, so they currently are sitting at two and one. Uh, Iowa State is at one and one, and Iowa State is favored uh, by three points currently. I, it's The line says it's going to be close. Um, I do think it will be uh, single – High single digits, so seven, eight, nine uh, points there. But I'm going to take Iowa State. Greg, who do you got? I'm going to take Iowa State too, only because I know nothing about Ohio, and I and I hate saying that, but it's just like I don't know anything about Ohio, and I I like what I saw from Iowa State against Iowa, even though they lost. They they still they didn't show me a team that's going to roll over and go one in seven in conference play. They, they, they showed me that they're going to fight. And I don't think this team will uh, take, um, take a team like Ohio uh, lightly, but it is on the road at, at Ohio. So that's something to look for. Yep. Okay. Then let's see, we have Oklahoma at Tulsa. Um, so this, I'm not going to call this an in-state rivalry. I'm just going to call it an in-state matchup. Um Oklahoma's currently favored by 27 and a half on the road in Tulsa. I'm going to take Oklahoma and I'm going to take Tulsa on the spread. Right, good for you. Well, I hope you're right. I hope Tulsa can keep it close. Um, I'm also going to take Oklahoma. There will be more OU fans in the stadium than Tulsa fans. And that's just, uh, that's just me being completely honest. Um, very, very, you know, regional game. And, and, you know, now that I am a Tulsa resident, I do know there are, I can, there are OU fans here. So more than almost more than Tulsa fans. So uh, yeah, OU is going to win. And I don't think it's going to be close, but just for, you know, the university of Tulsa and the city of Tulsa, I hope it's respectable. Yep. Okay, wait, Greg, am I seeing this right? Do we have a Big 12, a future Big 12 basketball matchup? Oh, no, I didn't. Villanova against UCF. Um, I am fully expecting UCF to win. Now, without Plumlee, they're, they're uh, QB1. I don't know by how much it'll be, but I'm taking UCF in this game. Couldn't ask for a better matchup uh, after you lose your starting quarterback roll out there against Villanova. Um, they shoot Villanova might be better if they put their basketball team out. Um, but couldn't ask for a better matchup uh, just in the sense of getting your 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 backup's feet wet. And um, I'll, I'll have to look it up. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with who their backup is and if he has any playing experience. But um, I'm assuming probably not much. Uh, so this, this will be a good uh, kind of warm-up game for him. But UCF should win this, no problem. Absolutely. Okay. Next we have Miami of Ohio visiting Cincinnati. So another in-state matchup. Uh, Cincinnati is currently favored by 14 points. I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this one. Um, I think that they should easily cover that 14 point spread, but what do you have, Greg? I've got Cincinnati. I think they'll keep rolling. All right. Yeah. These games aren't as, as good as last week's or next week's will be. So um, I feel like our picks are pretty straightforward. Um, next we have tech, uh, Tarleton state at Texas tech, uh, Tarleton states two and O tech is zero and two, but I think that, uh, tech is going to get their first one of the season here. Uh, there's not a lineup for this one because, uh, Tarleton state is an FCS school. So I got tech Greg, who you got? I also have tech, uh, Tarleton state. Yeah, that's, um, we've driven through that, that, uh, that town a couple times though it's um it's it's in the middle of nowhere that's for sure i'm kind of like lubbock is but in a, in a different way so all right just, a, just another small texas school um yeah the tech should tech should win and and yeah, I don't know, maybe they try baron morton at quarterback uh, in the second half or something like that that'd be interesting to see there you go um greg this one's gonna be really really solid i believe that this game was scheduled when BYU was still an independent and expected to be an independent. Uh, so we have BYU at Arkansas. 
Um, Arkansas is currently favored by eight points. Um, it's it's going to be a tough matchup for BYU. Um, Arkansas is notoriously a tough place to play. Whether or not their team is any good, they they pack their stadium pretty well. Um, I I will let you go first on this one, Greg. I have Arkansas. Um, I, I still haven't seen enough from BYU to pick them on the road uh, against a team like Arkansas that still has um, their quarterback, KJ Jefferson. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Razorbacks. All right. I'm going BYU. I think it'll be – I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be better than maybe a lot of people expect. But I'm going to take BYU uh, and put Arkansas on upset alert. Now, I will have a – just to let everybody know, I will have a Big 12 upset alert uh, later on in that segment. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going BYU here. Okay, and next we have the backyard brawl, the former ACC matchup, um, Pittsburgh against West Virginia. I think they're separated by like 20-something miles or maybe not maybe not that close. But it's uh, the two universities are very close to each other. Um, West Virginia is at home in Morgantown, and despite that, Pitt is favored by one point currently, which Greg told me before we started recording that the line had swung from West Virginia minus one and a half uh, all the way to Pitt minus one. So that's a pretty favorable favorable swing in Pitt's favor. But if you are a Big 12 supporter like us, uh, you might want West Virginia there. And with that being said, I'm taking West Virginia um, to win. And obviously with that comes covering the spread. I'll take West Virginia as well. I'm really, really excited to see the stadium. Like they, this fan base is, I mean, they're, they are a good fan base. They're a loyal fan base and Tanner, they are desperate for a win. I can't think of a fan base more desperate for a big time win than West Virginia is. I mean, you're talking about a team that hasn't had a lot of success recently it, you know, Neil Brown is on the hot seat. Many, many West Virginia fans wanted him gone after last year. They kept him. He's back. And then you want to talk about one of the biggest rival, you know, renewed rivalries in, in college football in the, in the backyard brawl. Um, and then to top it all off, remember what happened last year, West Virginia playing at Pitt, Pitt actually having a fantastic environment for that game. I think it was a week one matchup and JT Daniels, uh, the, you know, tie ball game, West Virginia driving down, trying to take the lead, maybe kick a game-winning field goal. JT Daniels throws a great pass, not his fault, went off of the receiver's hands into the arms of a defensive back who returned it for a touchdown that ultimately ended up being the game winner. Um, just a, one of the better games in all of college football last year, and it happened in week one. So I'm pumped for this game. Unfortunately, I won't get to watch it live because I will be in Stillwater for the Oklahoma State game. But this is definitely one I will be watching uh, on replay. Yep, yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be an exciting game. I think it is gonna be well attended. I will say that I I wouldn't be shocked if uh, that uh, attendance tracker says over a hundred percent when we record next week. Um, Greg, speaking of a hundred percent attendance, I heard that Oklahoma State sold out their game against South Alabama. Um, I don't yeah, think my, my parents are trying to get tickets and uh, having a little trouble. <laughs> Dang, that's surprising. Um, Oklahoma State is favored by seven and a half. It is at home in Boone Pickens Stadium. Um, I th- I'm predict I'm taking Oklahoma State. Whoa, Oklahoma State. Um, and I'm also going to take them on the spread. Greg, I'm also guessing that you have South Alabama. Is that right? Man, you told me you told me that before the podcast. No, I told you that Oklahoma State needs to be careful and they need to not treat South Alabama like a JV squad that they're having a quarterback tryout against because this is the best opponent. Not that South Alabama is full of a bunch of, you know, you know, whoa, they're not no playoff contender or anything, but they're better than Arizona State. And Oklahoma State, you know, uh, I don't even know if we – uh, talk. I think we totally missed the Oklahoma State Arizona State game. Now that I think about it, yeah, um, we so did. We'll, we'll kind of do just a little mini recap and then you know preview. But uh, Oklahoma State went with their three QB system again last week against Arizona State. That just this time in a different order. It was 
it was Bowman, uh, Gunnar Gundy, and then Garrett Rangel, and all three looked decent. Um, Oklahoma State could not run the ball, ran for zero yards in the first half, and then suddenly figured it out in the second half and looked pretty good doing it. Um, but this is not one that you can um, – this is not going to be a game that you can mess around, run for zero yards in the first half and rotate three quarterbacks in. I think they will rotate three quarterbacks, which is fine. I think they can still win the game doing that. However, you cannot run for zero yards. Um, you've got you've to support whatever quarterback is in the game by being able to run the ball. So Absolutely. I will take Oklahoma State with the caveat of – um, this one, this one makes me a little nervous just because they just, they haven't figured it out yet. Okay. Uh, we are going to move on to Wyoming at number four, Texas. I'm going Texas all the way in this one. There's, I, I highly doubt that there's any chance that Wyoming, uh, does what they did to Texas tech. No, I, I don't think so either, but you know, I mean, shoot, I'm taking Texas, obviously, but that 28 and a half, that's a 28 and a half is a lot of points. Could be a potential letdown after beating Bama, smoking a cigar yep. in the locker room, Quinn Ewers. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. Next we have TCU at Houston. It's actually our first big 12 matchup of the year. Um, this is going to be tough. This is going to be pretty tough. I'm going to go Houston on this one. I know TCU is favored by seven and a half. It's at home for Houston. Um, TC won big last week. Houston lost. So I'm going to go Houston here. I think that's a great pick, Tanner. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with you, um, but you kind of, you kind of almost stole my thunder a little bit on my upset alert. I'm going to go TCU. Um, I think they've got more talent. I think they'll be able to get it done. I also, even though this is Houston's first big 12 game and it should be a packed house, it will probably will be. I have to imagine that there will be a lot of TCU fans there still being with the proximity. So uh, I'll go with TCU. Um, and then Tanner, last one, uh, Kansas, Nevada. Uh, Kansas is a 28 and a half point favorite on the road. They get a not Pac-12 after dark, but uh, Mountain West after dark. I don't even know what you want to call yep. it. Yep. Mountain West after dark. Um, I'm taking Kansas. Rock chop. Me too. Me too. All right. Kansas easily. All right. Well, that covers our predictions for the week. Greg, let's go through and do our upset alert picks for the week. Who do you well, – I'll let you go to, first. I'll bring it back to 30 seconds ago. I, I'm putting <laughs> TCU on upset alert. They are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Houston. Um, again, like I said, I think TCU's got more talent. I think they'll pull it out, but they need to be careful because you have a team that – uh, just came off of a really disappointing loss um, in Houston against Rice, and they want redemption. It's a good spot to have a bounce back win, especially against a TCU team that showed a lot of vulnerabilities against Colorado. So they've already got a lot of stuff on tape that Houston can exploit possibly. Um, and they've got an experienced coach in Dana Holgerson making his Big 12 official Big 12 return. So I will put TCU on upset alert. And I believe I did this last week with Oklahoma State at Arizona State, but I'm going to put Oklahoma State on upset alert again this week. Uh, You're playing with a three QB system. What? What? You were confident in that seven and a half point spread. Yeah. So, so I'm okay. 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 Let's not get this confused. I'm confident. I'm (laughs) I'm confident. I'm drinking orange Kool Aid. But when I step back and think about it, you're playing three quarterbacks in a game. It could get very dicey very fast. Someone's not warm. They come in. They're not ready for the speed of the game. They throw a pick. And next thing you know, you're down by three. You never know what could happen. But that's 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 my – if I'm thinking with my head and not my heart, there's a chance Oklahoma State's on upset alert. With my heart, I think – I I think Oklahoma State wins and wins easily. But you can't – you can never be too sure of your opponent. So that's, that's where I'm going there. Okay, Greg – who is your lock of the week? My lock is going to be Kansas State. Minus five is what the line currently is at. I got it at minus four and a half yesterday. But to, to, to be fair, because we're recording on uh, a Tuesday night, and hopefully, um, we didn't even mention this, but hopefully this will be this will be out earlier than, than Thursday, something Tanner and I talked about, completely off topic there. But uh, Kansas State minus five against Missouri – um, that's that's a strange line, minus five. I'm not really sure how I feel about that number in terms of point spread. 
but I'm picking the team that I think is better and that I think will win the game. And 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 that's all I have to say. I, I just Kansas State won by a lot last year, and I don't think I, I just don't think that Missouri is. When's the last time Missouri was good at football? Ten years ago. Uh, it, it's been a long time. So I'll take Kansas State and Will Howard. All right, and I'm gonna take West Virginia minus or plus one. Excuse me, plus one as as my lock of the week. I think that obviously, like I said when we were doing predictions, that they would win and then also that means they would cover the spread there so yep i got west virginia on on that uh for my lock of the week well greg we are going right on time like we did last week do you have anything else that you want to say to the listeners no no i don't i don't think so we'll we'll have a lot of uh big 12 matchups to talk about next week so i'm excited to get into some into some conference play hopefully we can as a conference look good I'll be cheering for BYU to, to pull off the win against Arkansas. But, yeah, I mean, should, should, should be a decent week. Um, but definitely I'm not mad that uh, I'll, I'll be at a game this week instead of uh, watching watching on the couch because not as, not as much to see. Yep. Um, next week should also be a shorter episode. Uh, we'll only have seven games to preview instead of 14. Um, so it should – theoretically be a shorter episode next week unless we really dive into recapping or previewing um but yeah share please listeners please i beg you share this podcast with your friends your family um your dog your spouse your coworkers, uh your friend at church um whoever just just share this podcast we want to get um as many big 12 fans into this as possible just so that we can build a space for people to talk and Say what they have to say about the Big 12. Okay, well, we thank you for listening. Thanks for spending your time with us. Uh, hopefully, our Greg and I's picks go well this week. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to be 4-0. Greg's trying to be 4-0 in lock of the week and 3-0 in upset alert. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get back to even, go 2-2 two two this week. So we'll see if that happens. We will keep you guys updated on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us at around the underscore 12. And we thank you for listening. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.